0: Time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Karpel and Your Golden Years.
1: Good
2: evening and welcome to Dr. Mara Karpel and Your Golden Years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It's also 3 p.m. Pacific Time on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricartell.com. And today is Sunday, August the 19th, and we are back in beautiful, very hot Austin, Texas. And I hope that wherever you are, you're staying cool Art Mendoza of Accomplished Entertainment is here with us. He's the producer of the program and he is making the program run this evening. And we have another great show in store for you today. It's a special all veterans show today. Um, In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from the West Coast by the veteran who goes by the pen name of I Am Waiting. That's John Nastav, and he'll be talking about his book in my mother's honor. Very, very interesting, and um, you know, um, intense book. I think it would be very helpful for anybody, um, any veteran out there who is going through some of the same things that John has been going through, and for other people to have a better understanding. Um, Also, later in the program, Alan Bergeron, veteran and administrator of Austin's Military Veterans Program, will join us from here in Austin to let us know what they do over there, what they have to offer for veterans here in the Austin area. And a good friend of ours and a regular of the program, Veteran First Sergeant Will Williams, will be back to talk about what he's up to with his nonprofit, Share the will. He does amazing things, and Will has won um, many awards for his community service after the military, in addition to his awards in the military, including a congressional award for his volunteer work after the military. So he's got a lot going on, and we can all be a part of it no matter where you happen to be living. And also, our guest artist for this evening will be veteran K.R. Rudolph, and he'll be joining us from Killeen to share some of his original poetry. And along the way, if I have some time, I'll share a few words of advice about staying on the path toward following your dreams, feeling more peaceful, or whatever your goal might be. And um, throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A at com. And if you do have any questions for any of my guests, please be sure to call or email while they are still here and on the show so that they can answer your questions. And if you want to hear this evening's program again after the program, you can go to my website and the link to the podcast, along with any website links that my guests give on the program, will be posted later tonight. You can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to that's blog slash your golden Years. And for all of the latest information uh, about what's going on with this program, to listen to previous shows and and get all the website links and information from those shows, find out about my upcoming book. Well, the book is out on Kindle, but the launch is September 10th, so you can find out more or read my blogs in Thrive Blogs and Huffington Post all of that is on my website, drmarakarpel.com. That's D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And also be sure to follow me on Facebook for all of the latest up-to-the-moment news. Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years tells you what's happening with this radio program. And The Passionate Life by Dr. Mara Carpel will give you all the latest news about my book. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City, practicing here in Austin, Texas, and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages, and I have a specialty of working with seniors and with caregivers, and for the past few years, I've also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this really great resource for veterans and for their families, you can check out their website at heroesnightout.org. This evening's program is produced by Accomplished Entertainment, Postco Productions, and Psych Up Productions and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lake Bay, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com, and his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. Storyhouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512 296 8752. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to play a few of our sponsors' commercials. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back very shortly. Um, and we'll be joined from the West Coast by the veteran I Am Waiting. About his new book, In Thy Mother's Honor. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, by Dr. Mara Carpel, host of Your Golden Years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and Your Golden Years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
2: And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone, we have a special guest. We have veteran, a veteran who goes by the pen name of I Am Waiting, John Mastav, is here to talk about his book, In Thy Mother's Honor. Welcome, John.
4: Hello. Thank you, Dr. Mara. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the program. And, you know, uh, you sent me a copy of your book, and I'm, I've been really very intrigued by it. So, um, you know, I think this will be a very interesting conversation. So just, to let you, just to remind you, there's a slight delay when we talk like this. Sometimes if people don't know that, it can trip them up a little bit. So, John, maybe you can tell our listeners about your history a little bit before we get into talking about the book.
4: I'm 72 years old, born and raised in Chicago. At age 65, I ended up, I now live in Arizona, and um, I spent three tours in Vietnam, and after getting out of service and uh, a lot of medical care and uh, a lot of mental care. Uh, My what's called a trauma specialist suggested after pulling my story out of or my history of Vietnam out of me, I'll call it that way, I guess, be as polite as I can. uh, He felt that I needed to put it in writing because he felt my family should know and maybe many others should know because he felt there was a lot there for people to understand what goes on and also what they may be looking to deal with, or what their friend, neighbor, aunt, uncle, brother, sister may be going through, or father.
2: Mhm. so when did when
4: time. did go on go on. I just I finally took the time to start writing the book. Uh, earlier this year, I started writing. I think the first week of February it took me about mm-hmm. six months to complete. Well, really, it was last year. I'm sorry, last February. So it took about six months to complete. How long has the book been out? <laughs> The book finally was released to go um, direct from the author, from the publishing company, the first week of this January 2018. It didn't hit the stands of, let's say, Amazon and Barnes & Noble or a few other places until late mid-February.
2: Okay. All right. And so congratulations on publishing your book.
4: Um, Thank you. Never meant to be an author. I'm trying to get a message out to a lot of the Agent Orange suffering cancer vets. I happen Mm -hmm. to be one. (laughs) And then uh, there's some issues in my book about my combat and some uh, items I'm trying to still work out with the VA some 48 years later and still haven't got a resolution.
2: So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. What, you know, what in in a In a nutshell, you know because we want people to read the book to get the details but what what is your story what what happened? what led you to
4: write a book? um Again, that was the trauma specialist asked to get the facts mm-hmm. out, but i when i was I'm a marine, so uh, I was in the uh, in the Marine Corps just ten months at the time when I got my orders to go to Vietnam mm-hmm. prior to that. Um, a couple months prior to that, my father had died. My mother was eight months pregnant when she got the news. She collapsed on her belly and killed the baby, so she lost her husband and a, a baby daughter. A couple months later, I was home for my three days before I was shipped out, and uh, my mother didn't want me leaving. Naturally, she felt that if she heard I got hurt or killed, it would kill her. So I made her a promise that she would never hear that I was injured or killed by the Vietnamese. Hence the title of the book, In Thy Mother's Honor. While I was there, I was injured multiple times and each time I was injured I refused treatment by the medics because I found out that if they touched me someone would show up at my mother's door. So by taping myself up, sewing myself up, whatever I needed to do, I continued on and that way she never heard about it. And Mm -hmm. uh, that. So I kept my promise by not allowing her to know. But by keeping my promise, what I didn't know is that once I was done and all out, like years and years later after my mother passed, I tried to go back and get my Purple Hearts from my injuries. I'd been fighting ten and a half years trying to recoup those since my mom has passed, and uh, still nothing. They battled me every which way. They've got all the records. I filled out every form they've wanted three, four times over, the, uh, there's just nothing that they haven't asked for that I haven't fulfill, fulfilled. There is actually mm-hmm. one item. They wanted a verification of, of an officer that this happened. They've got letters of other Marines telling them they were there, they've seen it happen all that. Well, I happened to be, I was a corporal at that time and non commissioned officer, and I was in charge of a 44-man reactionary squad. I was the officer in charge. The lieutenant that was first term my first couple of weeks was killed in combat. They never replaced mm-hmm. an officer. So for three tours, it was me, and that has been my battle. I was that guy, and you've got all these other letters from these other vets. You've got x-rays showing shrapnel still in my body. You've got the scars on my body. You've got letters from the VA hospitals explaining to them that it is shrapnel in my body, that my wounds, because of the impact and the damage inside my body, It had to be caused by explosions, and they related to Vietnam, the amount of calcium buildup around all the old injuries. I mean, and this is all from VA, and I'm still fighting for that. And and that has been my battle, and that was the reason for the title in my mother's honor. And then I chose the name, pen name, I am waiting, because at the close of the book, I list multiple things that I'm still waiting to get cleared up between myself and the VA, and then the VA and all the Agent Orange cancering vets. And I Mm -hmm. list the reasons, and... And and I and I just thought that would be a, an appropriate pen name to use. Right. So you but also the book the, the book actually details just... the book actually mm-hmm. details the different combat situations from my injuries and death. But they can read about that and then my short life after and then all the continuing surgeries from the cancers and that I'm going through now and rebuild of the old wolves.
2: Right. So you have some you have cancer from the Agent
4: Orange? I'm um, the, the Agent Orange cancer. When you get tested, it's a graded one to four, four being the worst exposed. I'm a level four. I've had a uh, total what's called a radical prostatectomy. That was, because of Agent Orange cancer. Removed my prostate, my node, nodes and nerves. I have been for years now with uh, pads and diapers. I'll do that the rest of my life. I also had five heart surgeries from Agent Orange cancer. It etched our heart and that my kidney. And uh, my other surgeries are all related to rebuilding a shoulder, rebuilding back, rebuilding neck from injuries. Again, those are all detailed in the book, how those things happen.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: And I am trying to get the word out about my injuries, hoping and how I'm battling for these old uh, Purple Hearts, trying to hopefully connect with the right person who might know someone who can step in and help because, you know, I get so frustrated and, and the VA doesn't understand that. Every time you get rejected for nonsense, you, the PTSD just is just grows and grows and grows. It's it's horrible. Right. You, you relive everything again.
2: Mhm, mhm. So you've been going for treatment for PTSD as
4: well. Correct. I've been going. Um, I've been going for ten and a half years. Um, yes, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. I was seeing in the beginning for the first five six years, psychiatrist and trauma specialist, and uh, then that Uh trauma specialist finally released me, and then I strictly see a psychiatrist, yes. I'm required to see a psychiatrist, all right? They tell me they'll lock me up.
2: Okay. Have you found the PTSD treatment to be helpful?
4: I feel it helps to a point, um it's enabled me in these past few years, let's say, to be able to talk about it a little bit more without getting emotional and breaking down, which is still hard for many things to talk about. And um, I get a little better sleep, but I still have two to three nights a week where I'm up more than I'm not. uh, Woke up because of the flashbacks, the moaning, and you know, the wife will shake me because I'm moaning because I'm reliving something, trying to wake me up and get me out of it. Right. So the pills they've prescribed help some. The talk, I guess, helps some. But as I've told the psychiatrist, it's not going away until the day I die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So you know, if there are if there are veterans who are listening to this, who are dealing with with some, let's start with the PTSD issues. Um, if they're dealing with severe PTSD. Um, And they don't, they feel kind of hopeless about feeling better. Um, Do you have any sort of foundations based on your
4: experience with this? Get with a family member or a close friend as quick as you can. Start talking, start doing something. You got to keep your mind active. That mind slows down, the bad comes out. Mm Mm-hmm. It's right. not tough as a combat vet, and, and, and they will know that, you know, battle will know that, what he's going through. It is hard to be around people because mm-hmm. you worry more about them asking a question about back then, and you don't want to talk about it. So it's very uh-huh. hard. My life has been lived, you know, with one friend, I say. We had one couple friends. We just, because of me, stayed away from everybody. It was my best thing, you know. Mm -hmm. It just was the best for me, and that's what I felt. So my wife and children had to put up with dad and and a husband because of my actions.
2: Do you you find that it's easier to talk to other veterans?
4: Other veterans want to talk about this. We would rather not. Mm -hmm. I've, Mm -hmm. I've never... We'd rather talk about something else that maybe it was in a service or a family than talk about combat. At least I am that way. And the few vets that I've been around, uh, it just doesn't come up. It, you know, you'll, uh-huh. be at VA, like I'm at the VA hospital, if you're waiting in the waiting room, waiting, you know, you're a Vietnam vet, whatever you're from, there's still a few old Korea vets around you in a couple of World War II. And then the young vets now, n- nobody ever asked about their combat. If they were in combat, how much combat? It just never brought Right. Up. And I don't attend, uh- and never attended group sessions.
2: I, you never did.
4: I never did. I just felt it wasn't my place. hmm Mhm. I've got right. a brother who was in Vietnam, also. Well, we, we, you know, he's uh, 68 years old. I'm 72. We've never talked about Vietnam at all with each other. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just a topic that you'd rather not have be any point of your day.
2: So how was it for you writing this book, which goes pretty deep into what you experienced and what you're experiencing now?
4: Um, As you, the book is not real large, as you know, but I tried to keep it to the point in facts. Uh, Through all the points I wrote about, talking about my promise to my mother, all my um, different injuries, when I would write part of that, it would be three days to a week, before I could go back and write again, I would try to write it. Sometimes I wouldn't finish that uh, firefight or or incursion, and then I'd stop, come back a few days later, try to do it again. I'd get too emotional, and then for two three nights I wasn't sleeping. And I went sure. I went to see the psychiatrist three extra times,
0: and okay. he just tried
4: to talk to me, letting me know just keep working on it, take my time. So, it was it was not good.
2: Did you find though that that getting it out and actually having it done um, that did help you at all? Did you did you find that it was like a relief to
4: get this out? Um, I've done eight or nine interviews since July. That's when I started trying to get some radio shows to talk to get the, the word out, hopefully, about what's mm-hmm. going on the Agent Orange Patch and my issues that I'm trying to hopefully find someone who could help with them. But um, I can talk, the first few interviews when I talked about, I promised to my mother, I broke down, I almost, my to me, my voice was gargling here a little bit ago, but um, it's getting a little better talking about mm-hmm. it. Nice to, I, I don't want to talk in depth about any of those things that are in the book. I would rather the people read it. Um sure.
0: You know, sure. the, the
4: death of the, the people around you, the death of people, your own injuries, extremely, extremely hard to want to tell somebody what you did to survive or what right. happened to the person you or what happened to you. Right. I had to Ready. do that with my trauma specialist and my psychiatrist, and that was a wreck. I mean, I won't, uh, uh, a shame to say it, not a shame. I was in tears most appointments. the mm-hmm. point. Right, well,
2: there's no shame in crying at the human emotion, so you know i wouldn't I wouldn't
4: feel ashamed about that uh, but to a man you know a man feels he that's something beneath him mm-hmm. it's just our I think it's our nature how we were raised, you know so but i'm trying did, to do my best to talk about it, I'm trying to do the best to so let more people know about it because beside uh-huh. my issues again the Agent Orange Cancer Suffering Vets, they need more help. A lot of them still aren't getting treatment. And they're owed right. a lot of money to them. And, and, again, help sometimes isn't just easy to get. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody to get that help. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do with this book, get the message out.
2: So, you know, I think that a you know, one of the number one treatments for anybody who's dealing with any sort of emotional issue is, you know, doing something to help other people. And it sounds like that's a big part of your book, aside from hoping that somebody will hear your story or read your story and be able to give you more information that you need. It sounds like you want to help, you want to get the information out to help other veterans
4: um yes ma'am and i have a facebook page and mm-hmm. talking to the veterans and a lot of veterans comment and telling me some of the comments i've made some of the comments they read it's helped them it's helped them go get more treatment it's helped them understand things or so that that makes me feel better so yes it does
2: yeah i'm sure it does i mean i think that's you know um uh you know, very famous book, uh, man's Search for Meaning, by uh Victor who was um a psychiatrist who was a holocaust prisoner right he wrote uh, uh he got out he made it out of out of uh concentration camp and um he wrote about how the people who even in that worst situation um, in a horrible situation, helped other people. those were the people that that did the best so and they were the ones who were the most resilient so I think you know even as hard as as it is for you to have written this book and and speak about it on the radio, I think that it's it you know you're helping other people will help you. It could put some meaning into what you're going through.
4: I'm I'm hoping and I'm believing in that, that. To me, it's like a silent understanding between all of that. So you help each other whenever you can. or well, the veterans' families, you know, I've heard mm-hmm. from some of the some of the wives or brothers or sisters saying they've lost a brother, or sister, or a husband way back then. And uh, you know, it's just like a connection. You understand. You can only do so much, but you try.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think just, you say you only do too much, but I think that just having somebody put their story out there and there may be a veteran listening or who sees your book and maybe even decides they're going to read it, even if it's going to bring up some things from their own Mm -hmm. memory that they might not want to remember, but that may have the the impact of feeling understood and that's huge, right?
4: That would be enormous for them, it really is. And uh it is gonna be hard to read for a lot of the vets, guaranteed. Uh the wives, spouses, brothers, sisters, a good thing to read. And and uh-huh. I've somehow been trying to reach out to the grandchildren because most of us grandparents of uh who are the Vietnam vets our grandkids, we were either very withdrawn or very belligerent. So many ended up being heavy drinkers and, you know, very obnoxious. What's causing mm-hmm. their problem? They can see that from my book. That might help them understand their own grandparents.
2: Right, right. So, so, um, so, what are you hoping for for listeners to to get from this?
4: I'm hoping that if they know a neighbor, a relative, a, a serviceman who might be having issues no matter what, uh, let's say, place of combat, whether it was Iraq, what's going on in Afghanistan, way back to Vietnam, if there's just something simple you could do or say, do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: The simple, and, um, gesture of, the simple gesture of thank you for your service.
2: Mhm. It means a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I know it does. I know it does. So I, I think it's a really important book. And as you said, it would be hard, maybe for some veterans to read it, but really important for, um, for the people around veterans to read it so that they have a better understanding.
4: Uh, yes, and thank you. And they don't have to be a family member of a vet. It, I really believe the story in itself will touch anyone's heart and soul.
2: Yes. So don't,
4: I, you don't have a just the fact that I, I'm i not going to read this book. It's, I really believe it's a very powerful story. So please take the time.
2: I agree. I agree. So, so, so John, if people are interested in in buying your book, um how can they do that?
4: They can buy it direct from the publisher at eight hundred seven eight eight seven six five four. You just use the book name in thy mother's honor. Or it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you can get it off either place. And it can be downloaded uh to eBooks also.
2: Okay, good. Okay. But it's in, in thy the,
4: mother's honor, not in the, it's in thy T H Y.
2: Right. In thy mother's honor. Right. Thank and you so know. what I'm what I'm going to do is put a link to the book on my web post about this show later tonight so that um, if people didn't get that right away they can just click on the link and I'll also put the phone number that you gave me. So so people can get that. Um, also, what is your Facebook page that you said that you have a Facebook page that veterans follow you on? Uh,
4: my Facebook page is the book title in thy mother's honor. Okay. Take a Facebook type in in thy mother's honor, my page will come up. Not just that there's many people from all over, uh, have been coming on and writing comments and like, I mean, a lot over 200,000. Wow. Wow. And I just... And that was just right. opened up for me. That was just opened up for me about three months ago from a young lady, actually, who lives in Texas, uh, who did this for me because I am I consider myself basically computer stupid. So she uh-huh. connected with me through LinkedIn and said, why don't I open a Facebook page so people can talk to me, veterans and get help. So she set it all up for me, and she does all the posts for me because I have no idea how to do that. Uh, she's explained to me how I could answer the people and I answer any I, I don't think I've missed anybody but I try to answer everybody
2: that's great that's really great Um, I know that I think that's wonderful what you're doing Um, and and just you know before we go do you have any suggestions for any veterans who might be listening to the program about how they you know from what you've learned with your journey about getting through the system and dealing with some of these issues Within the VA?
4: If you need treatment, go there, sign up. Don't let them talk you out of it. They will, tr- and I'm not talking to people at the VA hospital. When you submit these paperwork, you are going to get rejected over and over. And you can't stop. you got to keep resending it in, resending it in, resending it in. And after a couple times, if you don't get it, get a rep from the disabled American veterans or the Veterans Affairs Association, get them to help you with these forms and get it done. Don't lose your care. You earned it, here, mm-hmm. but it, it is going to be a battle. It is. They are going to do everything they can, and I don't know why, to refuse everything you do no matter how many times you fill those forms out correct. They'll come back with some of the most uncommon-sense responses. It'll get you frustrated. Don't stop. Keep resubmitting. Don't stop.
2: And, you know, um, I think having an advocate, like you said, is really important. So what were the what were the organizations that um, that helped to advocate
4: disabled, for you? The, the Disabled American Veterans will help any vet. You don't have to be disabled. And the Veterans Affairs has a group that will help. Or if you belong, or even if you don't belong to a VFW post, they will also help you. And American okay. Legion will
0: All of those associations
4: Um, have representatives that will sit there, help you fill the forms out, and help when they keep turning you down. They will try to keep you calm and just get you to resubmit instead of giving up or really getting aggravated, and you will get aggravated. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, okay. So I'll put that on my web post as well. Um, Thank you. That's really important. All right. Well, Well, John, thank you so much for for coming on the program and, and for writing the book and doing what you're doing. And, of course, thank you for your service. Um, I really appreciate you coming here to talk about this. It's a difficult topic to talk about, and I think it's really important, and you're helping a lot of people. So thank
4: you for that. Well, thank you, Dr. Maher, and thank you for allowing me on the show. And I thank your listeners for taking their time out of the day to listen to our, our time together and our story, my story. And I wish you yeah. the best of luck in the book. Okay.
2: Thank you. Thank you. appreciate that. Well, you have a good afternoon, and um, and let's stay in touch.
4: I will do that. Thank you again, and have a great day.
2: All right. All right. You too. Bye-bye Bye-bye. Now. All right. We're going to take a brief break. And we have more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle. The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age by Dr. Mara Carpell, host of Your Golden Years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and Your Golden Years live from Austin, Texas Every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
3: Please visit us on the web at www.dr.maracarpel.com.
2: All right, and we're back. Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit before our next calls in, and the next guest will be Alan Bergeron, who is also a veteran, and the administrator of Austin's Military Veterans Program. So he'll be joining us in a little while. But um, let me um, first give you some news. Um, So as I said during the interview with, with John, I will be posting the information that he gave during the interview on my web post, and that will be there later tonight or early tomorrow morning, so if you didn't have a pen and paper and you are interested in um, purchasing his book or finding out about these organizations that advocate for veterans um, who are in need of help, or if you want to follow him on Facebook and join in with the conversations, whether you're a veteran or not, all of that will be posted on my web post about this show um, later this evening at my website, drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we have a lot more veterans to come. Um, so, just some news as the commercial tells. All right, I don't know. We got dropped there. Um, as I, um, as the commercial, told you, the passionate life, creating vitality and joy at any age. Um, is out on Kindle right now and it's still on sale and it's only going to be on sale for a couple of more weeks. Um, it's 99 cents right now. Um, just want to get the word out. We want, I want people to read it. And um, if you're interested in actually having a, a book in hand, well, that will be um, launched on September 10th and that will be the first time that you'll be able to order the book and then it'll take a couple of days to get it after that because I think it goes to print on the 10th and it will be available by the end of that week. So I think Amazon will take your orders on September 10th and you will you might have to wait an extra day or two even if you have Prime. But after that, um, by the end of that week, it'll be the regular routine with Amazon or, or other online booksellers. And I will be um, doing some uh, book events in Austin, Texas, and, and um, they're, not, they're not set up yet, but they're, we are working on them, and a couple of places are interested. We just haven't set the date yet, but it looks like it'll probably be early November. In Austin, Texas, I, I urge you to come out and meet me and um, have a book signed. And I will also be doing an event in New York right after the book launches on September 13th, and that will be at an independent and adult um, senior living facility. And I will be back in New York in December to do some more book events. Um, They take a little while to get ready for it, so I don't want to push it too quickly. And we are doing some events in October in Colorado, and we have plans to have a book event or two in the Colorado Springs area and possibly in the Boulder, Colorado area. So all of that, um, whenever we have definite dates, um, will be posted on my website. If you go to the book page on my website, and it will be on my Facebook page both of my Facebook pages, So, and of course I'll be announcing it here on the show, so you can find out if you're in any of those areas, please come out and, and meet me, um, that's the whole fun of it, and the reason that I'm doing um, book events rather than just having people order online, which, you know, it's great if you order it online, but if you're there, I'd love to meet you. All right, so that's the news on that. And um, I also, the other news is that I, I wrote another blog uh, last week that is now in ThriveGlobal.com. That's Ariana Huffington's online magazine for health and wellness. And um, if you go to Thrive Global and just put in my name, you'll find all of my um, blogs. But the easiest way is to go to my website, Dr. Maricart Health, and click on Publications, and you will see my blogs. And um, of course, if you follow me on Facebook, all of those are posted as soon as they come out. And the blog that I wrote is another excerpt from the book, where it's a combination of excerpts. I kind of put a few pieces together that along the same topic. And it's about my journey in writing the book. One of one of the journeys it took me four and a half years from beginning to publication of this book, and um, during that time I ended up going through some pretty intense journeys. So all of that is is in the book. It really colors the book, and so I wrote about in this blog about how my father's death. Um, impacted me and how um, having a dream and following it actually helped me to get back up on my feet knowing that my dad would want me to Um, and how, you know, the pain remains with us but it's still possible to feel joy at the same time. And so I wrote about that journey about how um, the joy started to Happen very slowly during that during that time. So that's the um, the latest blog, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on it. Uh, you know, several people have told me that they could relate to it and really um, were glad that I wrote it. So I hope that it's helpful um, to anybody who reads it. And just I wanted to talk just very briefly about. Um, staying on the path when there are no quick fixes, right? So, you know, I think John talked pretty um, bluntly about how um, sometimes when you're trying to achieve something, even trying to get the help that you need, um, you have to persevere. You have to just keep going. You can't give up when it doesn't work the first time. Um, And that that applies to pretty much everything in life. It applies to following your dream, following a, a big goal that you have, and also in achieving um, health and wellness and and treatment um, when you need it. And... Um, You know, I think that we've been trained, Americans have been trained most recently to look for quick fixes. If you turn on the TV, um, I I can't even count how many commercials there are for various medications, even for diseases and syndromes that um, I've never heard of before. And probably most of us have never heard of before. And suddenly it's a new disease. Um, and there's a quick pill that will fix it. Now, when they talk about this quick pill that will fix it, if you stay commercial long enough, they will also tell you about all of the horrible side effects and possible things that can happen to you, including death, from the quick fix. So, obviously, death is a is a quick fix <laughs> uh, for a skin disease, um, but not really the best fix. so we've gotten kind of trained to expect things to happen quickly and you know I you know I had a practice for many years and I um, I remember several of my clients, Coming in and and wondering, you know, why didn't they immediately feel better after the first session that we had? You know, so I'm, let me quote the the wise um, the wise sage. I'm, I'm losing my words right now <laughs> with this this famous quote: "A journey of a thousand miles begins with a." a a single step and if you stick to it if you stick to whatever it is whether you're following your dream or you're um, trying to find some inner peace or you're trying to get better you need to just put one foot in front of the other and keep doing it and there is a temptation you know I've talked a lot about meditation and there's, a, you know, um, there are many people, many of my clients, friends, associates, people tell me, oh, I tried meditating and it didn't work, so I stopped. Well, the meditation gurus will tell you that the sign that you need to meditate even more. Um, it's not a quick fix. You have to sit and show up.
1: Um
2: so that's my that's my advice for today. We don't have that much time, but my advice is to just keep on the journey, just stick with it. Um, with meditation in fact, if you show up for five minutes every day for forty days after forty days, there will actually be a change in your brain and where you start to notice that you're feeling calmer and it's lasting throughout the day. So if you stick with it for 40 days and just show up, you're, you will see the difference. All right. So on that note, we're going to go to our next guest because I don't have a lot of time to give a, a lot of advice today. And our next guest is um, another veteran. Uh, he's the administrator of Austin's Military Veterans Program here in Austin, Texas. Alan Bergeron is joining us. Good evening, Alan.
5: Yes. Good afternoon, Don Corbell. Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks for joining us. Um, so, just to just to let you know, there's a slight delay when we talk like this, so we might, you know, that way we don't trip each other up. <laughs> if we know. All
1: right. So,
2: so Alan, what, before we talk about the, about Austin program for veterans here, um, maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of information about your background.
5: Yeah. Thank you. I, um, you know, I was fortunate to serve our country in the Marine Corps for 20 years. Um, I joined out of, uh, Louisiana out of Baton Rouge, you know, and uh, just fell in love with it right away, uh, probably within the first six months of uh, my first duty station in Okinawa, Japan, and, and um, I just felt, well, actually, I felt it in boot camp at MCRD in San Diego, I just thought this is the coolest thing, uh-huh. you know, and then just uh, to Okinawa for my first duty station, I literally stayed there for six years, because I loved it so much, and, and, um, uh, but I just fell in love with the marine corps and and i I felt like i that was the place that I was meant to be, you know and um you know, twenty years went by um probably like four or five years. it just went by so fast, and I just loved it. you know, I went to some really cool places uh was fortunate to serve with so many amazing human beings um uh, and it definitely changed my life uh and it mm-hmm. wasn't re- really until I got out that I realized that the sense of, of, of service was deeply embedded in me and that it came instinctively and it came naturally. Uh, and, you know, blessing number two is that I just now able to serve our community, you know, and our employees that work for the city of Austin and do everything I can uh, to help them out.
2: hmm hmm So, um, maybe you can tell us what do you do? What is, what is the, um, the Austin, the Austin military veterans program? Well,
5: it started and the, the thought of it all was, uh, you know, with the ramp ups of uh, multiple deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, You know, as an employer, the city of Austin has about 14,000 employees. And, Within that workforce, uh, currently close to 2,000, about 130 in the Garden Reserve. And, and so in around 2006 or so, the, the former mayor and former city manager got together with the Department of Defense and created a program uh, that worked closely with the DOD ESGR, which is the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve, and to um, create from scratch, it didn't exist before. An internal program that would better serve and support our employees who were members of the National Guard Reserve and their family members you know the majority of our employees that serve in the garden Reserve and veterans are so with the police department of course fire department e m s then it kind mm-hmm. of filters through all the other you know roughly forty city departments but uh it evolved, you know, it started from scratch and and uh, we officially unveiled it on Veterans Day in 2007
1: uh-huh. and
5: just started to get to know uh, all of our internal employees who were veterans and, and uh, the employees who were in the Gardner's Reserve with multiple deployments. You know, during Vietnam, um, it was unheard of to have two or three tours in Vietnam. And, you know, nowadays we have employees and we have, you know, in our country, men and women that have, you know, seven, eight, up to 15 deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, wow. And it's it's taken its toll. And you know, and we just kind of uh, grew organically internally by putting a laser beam on all of our employees that are in the military and to educate the workforce and the management all the way up to the executive level level on how they can better manage, serve, and support our employees who are veterans serving in the Guard Reserve. And and, uh, when we unveiled it on Veterans Day in 2007, we were at City Hall, and I had this uh, older gentleman that followed me outside, and uh, he, he was very emotional. It was after we finished the ceremony and everything. It was my day one on the job, and he he had tears in his eyes, and he he said um, he told me which city department he worked in, and and I shook his hand. And I said, well, thank you so much. And he said he was a Vietnam veteran, and and I said, well, thank you for your service and welcome home. And he said, you know, he goes he goes, this is the first time since I've been home from Vietnam that anyone's ever uh, told me that. Mhm. And I said, wow, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so it was a little what I call God shots like that. That just made it uh, important for me to continue to uh, to be of service, you know. Um,
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because, uh huh. Because
5: as you was mentioning before, you know, uh, going down that journey, um, it's a, for me. It's a it's a you know journey of service, uh, and and when I give, I receive. Um, and when this whole program started. Uh, it was a cultural shift, if you will, internally uh, for us as a city and us as a, an employer, and it and it actually worked really well because we had the support of the mayor, the council, the city manager, uh, and, you know, all the senior executives, and, and that's what matters because you have to mm-hmm. have senior executives buy-in because whether you're a public or private, non-profit, for-profit organization – it's not going to happen unless you get the, the, the leadership to have buy-in and actually want it to happen. And, and fortunately right. for us, it was 100% supported uh, by uh, all the above. And so it was a clean slate, you know. And then, uh, over time, uh, as we continue to build our internal program, you know, we have like a veteran's preference in hiring now with the city of Austin, 12 to, uh, to 15, Veterans per month. It fluctuates uh-huh. uh, throughout the year. Um, and then we uh, we have a, a mentorship program internally. We have a women veterans program internally. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our mentorship program is is really good for the reintegration process for for the, uh, the veterans and Guard reserve we we hire that are still in or transitioning out. Um, we have a uh, a program with Fort Hood, and we're trying to uh-huh. bring in more soldiers that are getting out, because Fort Hood, which is about an hour away from Austin, you know, they have about anywhere from 700 to 1,000 soldiers getting out every month, so uh, that's still in our, in our backyard, and we consider them family, as just like we do uh, Camp Maybridge, a small base here in Austin. And right. we do everything we can to help them out, you know. Just uh, created a really good relationship with Fort Hood uh, and, uh, of course, kept me here. Uh, so when you
2: say trying so, to help them out, do you mean hiring them for the city, to work yes. for the city?
5: Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, yeah. right. And, 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 you know, we, it's hard for the soldiers, um, from my experience, and, and I had a similar experience when I got out of the Marines. You know, it's, especially if you've been in for a long time, to uh, transition out. You know, the military spends months, sometimes years, transitioning us from being a civilian to be a, be a soldier or a marine or a sailor, or airman, or coast guardsman. You know, and so it's a long, you know, process of getting us from being a civilian to become a, a a member of the armed forces right? and you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, of training probably if you had it all up. And then when we get out, you know, it's usually a one week class and that's mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, right. so it's kind of like it's a tough transition for some of these
1: men and women. Mm-hmm. And
5: fortunately for me, I had some wise uh, older Marines uh, that uh I stayed in touch with when they after they got out and they helped me and guided me on the, with the process and it ended up working out uh, quite well. But, you know, we, we just try to do so much now. You know? Now internally we have uh, the support mechanisms in place to take care of our employees and then it's kind of merged into helping the veterans in the community. And uh, A couple of years ago, one of the mayor's initiatives was to help in uh, homelessness in Austin. Uh-huh. And so, um, he put a laser beam on that and, and called in uh, a lot of community partners. And um, you know, I think the first year we we housed close to 300 uh, homeless veterans, and uh, it was it was done like it was a miracle. It really was, and it was something that had never been done before. And and again, the why and when we focus on why we do the things we do. You know, just completely focus on why, not so much what or how. It, 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 When you get a group of people that are passionate to get that same result, uh, it's a win-win situation, and there's absolutely no way it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. And so, it was pretty impressive. You know, the, about twenty, thirty people in the room that was, you know, subject matter experts on housing and apartments and the VA, the HUD, VASH vouchers, and SSVF, All these different nonprofits that were involved in, in uh, you know, homelessness and homeless veterans, and and it worked, and it continues to mm-hmm. work. It's an ongoing mm-hmm. process, you know. And in the last homeless stand-down, we only had like 25, 30 veterans show up as opposed to a couple of hundred.
2: Wow, hundreds. that's great. And
5: uh, Yes, ma'am, and then we, you know, created a, no, uh, a furniture program because they were getting off the streets, they were not sleeping under the bridges anymore. But they were getting into these apartments with absolutely no furniture. And they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, met with the, uh, the VA and different entities, and they said, "No, we don't really have a program that that uh, donates furniture." So we created one, you know, grassroots movement. And uh, now we have a, a pretty robust furniture drive program for these recently housed homeless veterans. Um, and it, it's really, really. Uh, an emotional experience to see the progress and the success of these veterans getting off the streets. Um,
2: that's great.
5: And, and then we recently just started a new initiative with um, SASP and the VA uh, to help end veteran suicide. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an epidemic now. It's about 22 veterans mm-hmm. a day committing suicide. Mm-hmm. So we're working on that. Um, that's relatively new, uh, for the city of Austin. We were one of about 20 cities throughout the country, and the mayor wants to make that as important, rightfully so, as he did for homeless veterans. And, right. Uh, so um, we we were working really hard and also developing a an internal um, program within the Austin Police Department, which is very tied into the mayor's program to end veteran suicide. And the key mm-hmm. is, um, you know... Why are these men you know, and women committing suicide? And and the majority of it is uh, it's a disconnect um, because they had so much camaraderie and a sense of belonging when they went to service mm-hmm. and they get out and not only getting out from that but they also getting out from for the most part many of them experiencing some pretty traumatic events and right you know you you go from going a thousand miles an hour you know and then you get out. And so you lose the camaraderie. You have these, you know, uh, mental images or these mental thoughts. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legitimate injury. And, I, and I'm talking about PTSD yeah. or PTS or maybe traumatic brain injury or MST, right. and, and so, uh, unfortunately, as uh, we all know, it is a problem. And it's a big problem for our men and women, mm-hmm. especially getting out now. And, of course, mm-hmm. it existed in World War II, Korea, Vietnam. Uh, in Vietnam, they called it shell shock, you know. Um, and when I give classes and I and I try to teach uh, managers and supervisors, you know, to raise their awareness to better serve and support these veterans, is that PTSD is not a military injury. Traumatic brain, uh, TBI, is not a military injury. Um, race car drivers can get TBI, boxers, football mm-hmm. players you know, everyday police officers, you know, anybody that experienced a traumatic event can have PTSD or experience right. PTSD. Right. Because it's only, it's, it's a very, it's, it's a normal uh, kind of expression or a normal condition that happens after a very abnormal event.
2: Exactly, and exactly. what
5: I've found is that everyone has a different level, a different threshold of tolerance for traumatic events. And it doesn't really matter. You know, people kind of analyze this thing, right? This is oh, you know, why does he or she have it, and this person doesn't, and they were in the same firefight. You know, there's no rhyme or reason, really. You know, we all hardwired a certain way. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. But you
5: know, whether mm-hmm. you grew up in a really uh functional or dysfunctional family, whether you grew up in a certain area or a certain income, a family, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it just right. depends on on I I think, uh, the 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 situation that 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 happened that moment mm-hmm. and what you, you experienced. Um, because I know some some warriors that went through a lot. And he talked very openly with me, and, and they were right. fine. Right. And then I have other um, soldiers that are experiencing some pretty traumatic yeah. uh, nightmares, and they only had one tour. Yeah. So but we're doing everything so we can, you know. Yes, ma'am. So,
2: Alan, Alan, um, I want to get some information from you before we have to go. Um, if people are listening and they're veterans and they work for the city of Austin, um. Can they get in touch with you um, if they need any help? Is there um, a way for them to be in, in connection, or is it just automatic?
5: Yeah, you know, um, you know, the, our website is just the City of Austin, and it's not Boston. A lot of people get that confused, but it's Austin, Texas Veterans Program, and uh, and our office number is five one two nine seven four three three zero six and um, we're getting you know we're getting ready to open up a, a veterans resource center uh, like a, okay. a a place where veterans can come um, to get help just about for anything um, you know it's uh, the city is uh, one of very few cities in the country now that was awarded the freedom Award from the Department of Defense for everything that we continue to do for veterans. Mm-hmm. Only fifteen employ employers, employers uh, are awarded this award. Okay. Yeah, yeah. all right. So, so it's
2: uh. So Alan, I, um, what is the website again? I just want to make sure I have it correct.
5: Yeah, just go to Austin. Well, it's City of Austin Veterans Program. If you just Google that, City okay. of Austin Veterans Program, and. Uh, and if you just, or just, just give us a call at five one two nine seven four three three zero six.
2: Okay.
5: Um, whether it's veterans looking for a job, need some help in the community, um, any kind of help with uh, relocating to Austin. You know, Austin is uh, is doing really well. The Army's Futures okay. Command has just got announced that it's going to be here in Austin. So, um, you know, the Great. the main thing I I say nowadays for these veterans out in the community is uh, just you know, work on uh, yourself, your mind, your body, your spirit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and give back. Because that's what we do. You know, when, what yeah. I found and what a lot of my friends found out is if you go outside of yourself and give back, you volunteer. Well, Alan, random acts of kindness. It, it and, does that,
2: wonders. and it's amazing that you said that because our next guest I was waiting on us all right now is Will Williams, who I'm yes, sure you my know. my good friend Will always gives back, right? So maybe I'm going to leave you yeah. on while Will joins us. Hey, Will, are you there?
6: Yes, I am. And um, I'm telling you, speaking with one of the best veterans that, that I know of, Alan has gave it his all and still give it. And I salute him
5: 100%. And likewise, Will, thank you.
2: <laughs> and alan has been, Alan just, was talking about how giving back is one of the ways to feel better. And I know, you know, Alan's doing quite a bit, and I know that Will is, you know, he's got his community service is one of his big things. So uh, maybe, yes, Will, ma'am. you can talk about what you're doing right now.
6: Well, we I just left about 15 minutes ago from the Giving Center down in East Austin and we gave out a couple thousand backpacks, and haircuts was done, and there were so many veterans there. And one of the veterans' motorcycle uh, cycles group showed up, and it it was amazing, all us working together, and just to see the 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 light, and I and I just helping the kids, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, everybody was so happy. There was a couple of young young guys there, young veterans. They have been having some issues, and
1: you know you could see their
6: whole life change right there while we were giving out backpacks uh okay. We had a couple of veterans in wheelchairs, and this gave them a purpose and with veterans we 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 need a purpose we need a mission mm-hmm. if we got a if we got a mission, we will keep moving forward and that is well, the most important thing for us.
2: You know, I think that's really, really, I think you're right. And I think, you know, I think, Alan, you said it as well. And, and the veteran who was on earlier who, who wrote his book, that you know, veterans really need to have a mission. But I think that all of us need to have a mission.
6: Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, oh yes, ma'am. Right? A mission. We, we need a purpose in life. We, we need something besides a television show and a, and a good ball game. We need a purpose in life that make us feel like we're human beings. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And,
6: and, and, you
2: know, and with and so regards many different to PTSD, th- you know, I think one of the, you know, one of the best treatments, it's not a cure, but one of the best treatments is helping other people. Oh, yes. you say?
6: And, and, and getting together, I think that uh, Alan and myself is working on a project uh, for the uh for the honor flight coming up pretty soon, so we can raise some money, so we can, so we can send some World War II veterans to to, to uh, be honored. So I think that working together, we can accomplish so much.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: So. so- uh,
2: so, Will, um, if there are people who are interested, veterans who want to volunteer and help the community, because what you, what you were just talking about was helping children, right? So it was veterans yes, volunteering to help children.
6: Yes, right?
2: ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, so what sort of things are coming up that veterans can get involved with or anybody who wants to help the community can get involved with?
6: Oh well the the next thing we got coming up we ha- we're having our first ever veterans event in Round Rock and we're gonna have it at Austin Park and Pizza. So we need we need veterans to volunteer, we need veterans to be there. Uh we're gonna honor our uh Vietnam vets uh when they return. Unfortunately they won't receive back home like they should, so we're gonna to try to fix that. We can't fix what happened back then. But we, we're definitely going to make them feel welcome now. So November the mm-hmm. 11th at Austin Park and Pizza at 10 o'clock, we're going to honor our Vietnam veterans. What and is the
2: place? What's the place? Austin, Austin? Austin,
6: Austin Park and Pizza.
2: Park and Pizza. I never heard
6: of yes, that. Ma'am. Okay. Well, it's mm-hmm. right on I-35, and they have go-karts. I'm sure you've seen the go-karts, and everybody just didn't know that. All that right.
2: Place. Right. But uh-huh.
6: they, they have they have offered their building to us to put on this 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 special event for our for our Vietnam veterans.
2: Wonderful. And okay.
6: That's gonna be November the eleventh, the Sunday, True Veterans Day at ten o'clock. Mhm. Okay. And right after then, uh we move right into Thanksgiving. And right. Thanksgiving we're going to feed about 5,000 uh, meals, and we need veterans to help us deliver the meals. There's probably about, I don't know, I say a thousand that needs to be delivered, and we need those veterans to help us deliver the meals. I mean, can you We're... imagine this is going to be St. William's Church,
1: uh-huh,
6: Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. We'll start at eight o'clock that morning and we'll try to finish by lunch. So everybody can get back home and do their own Thanksgiving meal.
2: Where are you delivering them to?
6: We deliver them all over Central Texas. We we've, we've been as far as uh, from Waco all the way to San Antonio.
2: Mhm.
6: So if they call and there's a, a person in need, they can't get out of their homes, we'll take it to them.
2: Wow, that's great. That's great.
6: And we we partner up with awesome Jeep people. And I mean, it it really, really works. You'd be amazed how many meals we can deliver by twelve o'clock.
2: Wow. So, so if people are interested in getting involved, Will, what would be the best way for them to find out more or to contact you
1: mm-hmm. to find out
2: what how they can
6: sharethewill dot org. Will dot org.
2: Yes, ma'am. And everything is there.
6: Everything is there, and they can volunteer as much as they want because we got the Christmas coming up right after then that we we sponsor a hundred families at Four Hoods, so they can stay busy.
2: Yeah, yeah, this is a busy time of year, right? <laughs> great.
6: So anybody well, that wants to help, please just just go on that website, sign up, and we we can we got things that you can do.
2: Great. Well, thank you both for, for being on the program. I'm going to post the, the web link both for the City of Austin Veteran Program and for Share the Will um, on my web post later this evening. So people, if they're listening and they didn't have their pen and paper ready, they could go back and just click on it and get all the information that they need. Um, so thank you both for coming on the program.
5: Well,
6: thank you. And, Alan, it was good talking to you.
5: You too, Will. And, and Dr. Coppell, thank you so much. And, uh, Will, thank you for bringing up the Honor Flight thing. And if you can post also honorflightaustin.org, honorflightaustin.org. And we're, uh, what Will was referring to, we have an, uh, in a, an event, the uh, Romrock Tavern. uh took a small flight of that. So we have two kind of unique flights coming up, Uh, one for Pearl Harbor Day, uh, taking a group of World War II veterans to D.C. for the Pearl Harbor uh, observance Ceremony at the World War II Memorial uh, in D.C., not Hawaii. And then Mm -hmm. uh, we're taking our first-ever all-African-American flight, um, African-Americans from World War II Korea, Vietnam, on November 2nd and 3rd. Um, and so we still need about 20 more uh, veterans. Believe it or not, we still have not found one will World War II veteran, African American World War II veteran okay. uh, for this flight yet.
1: So we're I'll, I'll, I'll all right.
5: applications, and all right. uh, we're going to we're going to take them to the new African American History and Culture Museum in D.C. and of course Martin Luther King Monument.
1: Excellent. And, of course, the World
5: War II Vietnam-Korea Memorial. So that's going to be November 2nd and 3rd with Honor Flight Austin.
2: Awesome. Oh, well,
6: that'll awesome. be my mission. I'll find I'll find
4: it. All
2: right. All right. Okay. okay, great. Thank you so much. And I'll be posting that yes, on ma'am. my web post as well.
4: You both yes, have fine. a good right. evening. Yes,
2: ma'am. Right. Yes, ma'am. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you.
2: All right. And now hanging on the phone is our next guest. Um we have another veteran, K. R. Rudolph, is joining us to talk about his poetry. Mm-hmm. Good evening, KR.
7: Good evening. How's it going?
2: All right. Thank you All for right. coming on at the last minute and being our artist for the evening.
7: Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure.
2: So Before we have you read some poetry to us, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself.
7: Okay. Uh, I'm an Army veteran, Army combat veteran. I served Mm -hmm. in Desert Field, Desert Storm, Desert Operation Fire Conference. After the military, I decided to continue colleges where I, I attained a social degree in criminal justice. I went on to get my bachelor's in social work. And I obtained a master's in social work, at the University of Texas in Arlington. And I'm currently working at Cohen's Military Family Clinic at Endeavors in Killeen, Texas, as a clinical case manager. Uh-huh. And I'm a wellness and fitness personal coach, and I love writing poetry. You know, my poetry is just, I write just about anything from nature, observation, events, birthdays, celebration, Thoughts, feelings and anything that is inspirational. Uh huh. Uh huh. To me, my poetry style is unique to me. When I uh, let when I share it with some people, uh, they don't get the meaning until I start reading it to them. Then they get the meaning. They like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> so,
2: all right. Well,
7: so I, I love. Me. I
2: think you know um, any sort of art. Is very healing, and it's for the person who's doing it as well as for the people who are enjoying it. So, okay, um, yeah. So maybe you can read us some of your poetry.
7: Okay, I'll do that. Uh, I've been trying to decide what I'm going to read. <laughs> all right, just so pick your favorite. So I got, what are all of my favorites? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna read this one right here. This one right here is it's called yours. It's kinda long. And one another thing about my poetry, like I say, is the visual you you have to have it in front of you. You have to be printing out, you're reading it to basically uh grasp it a lot better.
2: Okay. Okay,
7: with that said, I'm gonna go ahead and this one called Yours. Y O U R S.
2: Mm hmm.
7: Your hurt, okay. Your hurt is Buried treasure. Your pain buried it deeper. Your tears soaked it to the surface. Your tongue remembered the flavors. Your eyes have flashbacks. Your vision is blocked by lightning. Your thoughts bring daydreams. Your mind streams at you. Your friends give you motives. Your heart is driving in park. Your feelings are in the hands of the jury. Your verdict awaits you. Your healing lies in your hurt. The hurt lies in the healing. Your heart treasures this feeling. Your hands seek healing with the shovel. Your body remembers the trembles. Your conscience is a study prompt. Your friends are playing basketball. Your strength warns off deception. Your hands shake while digging. Your eyes leave a sweet aroma. Your body remembers your birth. Your feet are beautiful too. Your fruit is evident. Your words cannot bear. Your tongue once was a river. Your feet followed its path. Your sounds played repeat. Your sleep was taken away. Your shuttle is hitting the treasure box. Your hand works hard, has opened it. Your nails are polished again. Your verdict lies in the jury's hand. Your healing lies in the hurt. Your hurt lies in the healing. Hmm. What does that sound like to you?
2: <laughs> it sounds like the journey of healing.
7: That's the. What's that? I would that? say that's the root. I would say that's the root meaning.
2: Mhm.
7: Yeah, that's the root concept of it. What What
2: What led you to write that, Tom?
7: I think I wrote this one. This one was um. Uh, When I was running into so many hurt people, I'm not going to call any names, but so many hurt people, and they was experiencing similar problems, Mm -hmm. and I just decided to write it in a poem to get them to try to uh, understand things in a a more deeper level, you know, and it's like the first two that say your hurt is buried treasure, pain buried it deeper, And I'm going to jump down to the last one. Your healing lies in the hurt. Your hurt lies in the healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. That thing that hurt you is where you're going to find the healing at.
2: Right. Right.
7: And it's all yours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So sometimes...
2: You know what you go through is, is painful, but it's what you needed to go through.
7: Well, if we if we never experience any challenges, uh, we won't learn basically anything with conviction. No evidence. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. So it's, you know, if we don't have no pain, like the old saying, "No pain, no gain." That is that is true. That's a true problem. Mm-hmm. You know, right. if we don't experience life. We can't, you know, we can't gain all the access to life, access to the problem. We can't understand it. You know, like so many mm-hmm. relationships. So many relationships when people uh get faced with a challenge instead of uh, weighing the challenges and see how they can better it is easy, always easy to split and go your own way, but that pain and that problem is still there. Right.
2: Right. Now you're, I mean, you're a, a a case manager, clinical social worker, right? So I'm sure yeah. you deal with a lot of people's pain.
7: Yes. Mhm. Yes. Uh, it's just part of life. I mean, we all go through things. Uh, It depends on uh, how we, how we are. If we get the support, that's the main thing. Once we go through things, we have that support. That's what's going to help us a lot. And a lot right. of people don't reach out for support, and they can get uh, support by uh, reading, uh, journaling, poetry, meditating, things of that nature. Mm
2: hmm. Mm hmm. So, do you find that
7: your poetry helps you
2: in, in getting through difficult times?
7: Yes, I just write about it. And as I write, I I smile and laugh about it. You okay. Know? You know, so that's, that's one great. of the things. One part of healing when you can look back and start laughing at some things, no matter how crazy they are, at least for me. Right. So everybody's journey right. is a little different. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: So do you have, do you, have you published any of your poems? Or you just
7: no, keep them private? No, I've been. I've been collecting and writing and I got a lot that's I've been putting off
0: <laughs> a little procrastination
7: uh-huh. for years years. But it don't take long for me to write at all. I can write if I got the time I take the time to write. I can write just uh-huh. like that or ultra. You know, but it's coming one day soon.
2: Right. Okay. So you have a plan to publish them?
7: Yes, I got a plan but it's not in writing yet. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, because I think you know, uh, you know, it'd be great for other people to be able to, to like you said, um, sometimes you actually have to read it on paper to really get the meaning of it. So it'd be great for people to be able to do that. Yeah,
7: right? it's like meditate. If you meditate on it, like just meditate, just repeating it over and over, it'll make a lot more sense than me reading mm-hmm. it. Unless I was, like, reading it to you, you have the words right there. But some people can absorb the words as you read it to them. Right. You know, but for, I don't know, for most of the when I show it to the people, oh, they have to read it to get it. Then I get them a cue in it, say, okay, this is meaning that. And so oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Right. But without, <laughs> the, cue, without the cue, most people don't get it.
2: Uh-huh. And they, uh-huh. know. Anyway. So do you also have a health and, and um fitness coaching practice on your on your own outside of your job?
7: Yeah, it's something that I do personal personal but not as in on a mainstream. Something I do with certain individuals who seek my help, who I reaching okay. out for my help.
2: Okay. I don't. Okay. So you don't advertise.
7: No, I'm like the personal advertiser. You know, I, have, I advertise myself as uh, advertising.
2: Okay, well, I guess I was asking because if there's any or any listeners up in the Colleen area who might be interested in having you coach
7: them, are you available well, for that? I have to make time for that. <laughs>
2: oh, okay, all right. So yeah, we will not put out a big like ad for public.
7: that. You're you're busy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, but I always make time for what I have to do and pe- special peoples, you know. But on um, mm-hmm. my time is always taken, but I always make time for whatever I have to do, especially when it comes to peoples, because I love helping. Okay. People. Okay. But,
2: so if there's anybody who's interested in in getting a hold of you and having a little bit of coaching, is there any way they
7: can reach you? They can reach out to me by my email. Email at kr. Rudolph at live dot com.
2: At what is it? At what dot com?
7: L I V E dot com.
2: Okay. Live dot com. Okay. All right. You never know. Or maybe a fellow poet might be interested in sharing some poetry with you.
7: Yeah, I've been trying to find some uh ports, some real ports. Mm-hmm. Yes, you yeah. know, somebody to, uh, get some points or some give mm-hmm. and take some points.
2: Yeah, but I like
7: to yeah. read other people's style.
2: Right, right. So, so if it's okay, I I'll put your email address on my web post. If that's all right,
7: that's fine with me.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program, and and stay in touch. I'd love to have you come back and maybe read some more poems. Another time. Okay.
7: All right. That'll work. Thanks a lot.
2: Okay. All right. Well, thank you. And um, okay. have a good evening. The same with you. Thank you.
7: Are you All right. All
2: right. All right. So before we get knocked off the line, let you know what's coming up next week. Um, next Sunday, August 26th, we'll be back with another live show from Austin, and best-selling author, writing, publishing consultant, leadership, leadership expert, message strategist, speaker, and founder of Writing at Your Edge. Kathy Sparrow will join us once again for a discussion. And since Kathy coached me from the start of my new book, The Passionate Life, we will be having a discussion about the journey of writing a book and the role of coaching in this process as we get ready to launch my book on September 10th. And we'll have more. We always have more musician artists of some sort and, and some other interesting topics. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and um, get the website links that any of my guests gave on the program or learn about upcoming programs, listen to previous programs, read my blog, find out about my book, all of that can be found at my website, drmarocarpel.com. And also be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Marocarpel, Your Golden Years, and my other Facebook page, The Passionate Life by Dr. Carpel, which is devoted to my books. And you can hear this evening's program again in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio blogtalkradio.com/slash-your-golden-years. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald Revere, and Story House. And special thanks to my guests, and veterans, John Nastev, um, a.k.a. I Am Waiting, Alan Bergeron, Will Williams, and K.R. Rudolph. And of course, thank you all for listening, and thank you to Art, and I wish you a peaceful night, an inspiring week, and remember, youth have no age. Good night, everyone.
1: I feel like it's face the race I've been running my life away Loosing when I lose it's the same everyday I just gotta get out of here And I'll save away most any day And I'm all in my hideaway And I'll be like a